This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. If you're looking for a great getaway this February, look no further than the Donna Marathon weekend down in Jacksonville, Florida. I will be there running the half marathon on Sunday, February 4th. It is a wonderful weekend where the Donna Foundation raises funds to help people and families walking through a breast cancer diagnosis, as well as funds groundbreaking research. They work directly with the Mayo Clinic. I've been going to this race for six years now. This is my sixth year, and it is truly an incredible experience. So if you want to register for any of those races, uh, I'm going to be there hosting a meetup, and the website is breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 to sign up and register. It is a beautiful part of Jacksonville where the races are. They start and finish at the beach. Don't worry, you don't have to run on the sand, but it's a really cool location. And if you're looking for a training plan, you need some help getting you to that half marathon or marathon, look no further. I've got training plans for you on my website, lindsayhine.com. All right, friends, today on the podcast, I'm joined by Amy Kiefer. She is the co-host of the Herself podcast and the Pursuing Her Purpose podcast. She's also the co-founder of Expecting and Empowered. Amy is a former nurse as well. She's a former RN and she hosts the Herself podcast with one of her best friends. They also just bought a um, home together. We're going to talk about that because I was super interested. If it's purchasing a home that you can VRBO out or vacation with your friends that you purchased it with, sounds like a dream to do, like a good investment property, also lots of fun with family and close friends. Love, love, love it. So she gives us the ins and outs of that as well, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, One of the things we talk about in this episode that I really loved though, is that your business and like for me, this podcast can grow and change with you, like with me, and then with the audience as well as I'm growing and changing. My kids are getting older. Same is happening for the audience. And so we talk about following what we're interested in and passionate about rather than just doing the same old thing. So uh, I really got a lot of inspiration out of that part of the conversation as well. Um, If you do enjoy the podcast, tag Amy on social media and let her know that you enjoyed the conversation and go ahead and give her a follow as well. She's a fun one to follow. Um, She's just Ames, A-M-E-S, Kiefer on Instagram. Uh, You can also find me. I'm lindsayhine626 over there. I'd love to connect with you. All right, friends, please enjoy this conversation with Amy. All right, friends, today on the podcast, we have Amy Kiefer on the show. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. Yeah, fellow podcast host. See, this is my favorite because you know the drill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tell us a little bit about your life, Amy, and the podcast that you host. Yeah, so I actually have three podcasts. Uh, The biggest (laughs) one is called Herself Podcast. And our idea there, we started in 2020, our idea there was we just felt like there was a higher level of honesty that could be had about the motherhood conversation and vulnerability for that matter. Like we just felt like that wasn't what 
our experience didn't match the podcasts that we were listening to. And we wanted to make something that we felt like would be a more helpful resource for women. So we interview a lot of experts. We also have episodes just my co-host and I, where we're talking about the things that we go through in motherhood, in life, we talk marriage, um, and then expecting and empowered is the company I own with my sister. It's a pregnancy and postpartum fitness company. And so in that one, we're talking a lot of women's health. Our, our most downloaded episodes are actually around birth. So if okay. you're in that season, um, you can go over there for some great episodes. There's birth stories, there's birth preparation. Um, so yeah, I have three kids, a husband, I live in Wisconsin, just kind of living. Yeah. Okay. So I'm super curious about this podcast thing because I host two podcasts myself as well and have like a smaller network, a couple other shows in my network as well. Um, but I'm curious, like your journey with that, because, you know, like my running podcast was like my big show. Mm -hmm. I started it seven years ago and I think it kind of took off because I was early in the space yeah. and there weren't a ton of podcasts for runners. Um, and then I launched this show and then I always wonder like, are people like, how many shows is she doing? Like, this is too noisy. There's too many things. And so I'm curious how you manage doing the multiple shows and like how, what you decide to focus on. Yeah. Well, for, for what I do, we have different Instagram accounts. So like each business is like its own satellite. They play really well together. Like we have a crossover audience. Yeah. But to me, it was really important to, and I also have my own personal Instagram account, which I love because that's the only thing that I own by myself. So it's yeah. all my perspective. So I knew as someone that does really like Instagram, I don't want to bomb my followers constantly with like this episode's coming out, this episode's coming out, this episode's coming out. I felt like it would be too much. So I don't really self-promote that much on that one. And I just decided early on in business, each of these businesses needs to grow legs and be able to stand on its own. So the people that find us and want that information know where to go for each of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've gone back and forth over the years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like sometimes I, I didn't post episodes at all and I would just put them in my stories. Now I'm taking the approach on Instagram where I'm like, ah, just post it all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there's no wrong way to do it. It's just no. like, know your audience, figure out what works, what helps go from yeah. there. Um, okay. So I'm curious about with herself. Uh, I've, I've thought about this over the years and how old are your kids? My kids are seven, five and four. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, so when I started this podcast three years ago, my oldest was eight, Yeah, you know, and I had a baby. Yeah. So like life looked different than it does now. Now my oldest is five. I guess he wasn't a baby. He was like two when I yeah. started it. Um, and my oldest is 11. And so like as our our lives have changed, right? Like mm -hmm. the demands, the uh, needs, the um, emotional burdens, all the things have changed. And so I find what I talk about on the podcast has changed. What I care about talking about on the podcast has changed. Um, like when I looked at your stuff, I was like birth stuff. Hmm. That's not interesting to me. Yeah. But I know that my audience, there's people that are going through that 
um, and their lives right now. So I'm curious for you, like how you manage that as like your seasons change with your kids, like what you decide to talk about and share. Yeah. On Herself podcast, we've just taken the approach of like our audience is going to grow with us. Yeah. Abby and I are both out of that season. Her youngest is three. Honestly, I'm not interested in talking to like an infant sleep expert. Right, or, right, right. Or anything like that. And so I think as business owners, like you have to keep finding what you're passionate about. We got asked that question. We had a live in person with a bunch of our listeners and it was so fun. And they asked that question and I was like, we're going to be talking about menopause when we go through menopause. Like there's always going to be, we're going to be talking about being an in-law when we're in-laws. Like that's how much we love it. And we know that if someone finds us and they're in that baby phase, perfect. Start back at episode one because we were in that phase and we talked heavily about that phase. And now we're not. And so we've just always felt like our audience can grow with us. We don't feel like we can stay back and, and talk about, because honestly, we're not in it anymore. So we don't, we're not waking up nine times a night with you. So we want to grow with expecting and empowered. It's a little bit different. And the thing that's cool there is that I've always been so interested in birth. I'm a doula. I've given birth three times. I, in nursing school, I had a labor and delivery rotation. So the interest is there for me where I can sit there and I can interview someone that is telling me their birth story and I'm perfectly happy. Yeah. So it's like that business is set in a season that I am going to get out of, but my sister and I just love the information so much and we love hearing people's stories. So yeah, I feel like you've got to do a little bit of what you really want to do. And then there's other businesses where you're like, well, it makes sense to kind of stay in that season. Yeah. I love that so much. I was talking to Brad Stolberg about this on I'll Have Another because, um, those thoughts were happening with my other running podcast too. Cause I was like, "Mm, some of these storylines, like, do I really want to interview like the 23 year old who just graduated college and is running pro now? No, I want to, I want to interview like, you know, the 38 year old mom who discovered her running and, um, is now qualifying for the Olympic trials, you know, like, and not to say I won't still interview some of those like young pros, but like, it's okay that that's not where I like naturally, am drawn to. And I don't have to do those conversations because the other young podcasters are doing that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that our listeners could hear if we were bored with a conversation. Like it's just, I remember listening one time and a host, you could clearly tell she was like doing something else during the interview. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, I feel like this was not like, this was not your best work. Oh, she was interviewing you and doing that? She, it wasn't interviewing me. I was a listener. listener. And okay. I could like hear her shuffling around. And I was like, <laughs> and then she was like super distracted during the answers. And then during the next questions, I'm like, this is horrible. So like, totally. I feel like you have to have passion for what you're talking about. Yeah. And you know, when I started this show, um, I did bring on like some sleep experts and stuff yeah. like that because I was like, even though I was out of it already, I was like, I need to establish this as a parenting podcast or par- podcast for parents. So I did like some of those early episodes, but as I've grown, I'm like, it doesn't have to just be parenting stuff. You know, like, right, absolutely. You know, because the thing is, and I think that you and I are aligned on this who you are as a person and how well you are matters for your mothering. 
So like women in our generation have to learn how to take care of themselves and not put themselves last. And you're demonstrating everything to your children. But here we are, you know, we come from a generation that is, I don't want to say helicopter parenting, but very on top of everything. But if our little boys or little girls don't see us living a life in which we're taking care of ourselves, we're in healthy relationships, we have healthy friendships, at the end of the day, what are we teaching them? Yeah. And I have thought about that with the podcast too. Like when I'm like interviewing all these experts, trying to learn all the ways to do it well. And then I'm like, wow, am I so distracted by interviewing all these experts and like flying through their books so I know how to do the podcast that I'm not actually like presently doing these things, you know, or like, would it be better if I didn't do any of that? And like, I did just focus on my family. Like it's a hard balance there. Absolutely. And Abby and I, we've probably interviewed, I'm not even exaggerating a hundred therapists. And one thing I will tell you is that they're the ones that are coming onto the interview. They're like disheveled. They are overworked. You know, I love therapists. I respect what they do so much. But for me, the dream is that they're living what they're saying and they're able to feel well. And you don't see it very often. Like you see their behind the scenes and it just normalizes for you. Like, okay, she can have all the answers on Instagram, but she might not be plugging it in perfectly because none of us are. Yeah. I thought about that because I've interviewed a ton of therapists too. And I'm like, how many more therapists can I interview? (laughs) Which a lot of them are great, but I'm like, okay, we've gone over all these topics. So how do you decide? um, Because, okay, you're a couple years behind me with kids and you get to the point where like their privacy matters more and more Mm -hmm. and more, right? Like the stuff we're going through with my oldest, like nobody needs to know about that. But it's also tough because you are so vulnerable online and you've built this community and you want to be honest and, and you want to support other moms going through this because when they're little, you have this more, you have this community as they get bigger and the problems change and the issues change. Um, people don't talk about it because you can't put their shit online, you know? So yeah. I'm curious if you've thought through that, like how how to create community and support through those times. Absolutely. I mean, I think about it weekly and I think that caring for our children's privacy is so important. It looks different for everyone. So I don't yeah. think there's one right answer. But for us, when our kids entered kindergarten, we're like, we can't talk about like if they're struggling in reading or, you yeah. know, whatever is happening in their lives, like really that's the age where they have, they have more pure relationships. Like it just felt like there was more on the line, but we really take the lens of like, as parents, what is impacting us? Mm -hmm. What are our stories? You know, my parents just got divorced like three years ago. Wow. And yeah. And that had a huge impact on me. So it's like, even that gets sticky. Cause like, how much do they want me to talk about? But if you have kids, you know what you your story and their story is so enmeshed. You don't get to just say, oh, this is my story and that's your story. So I do think it gets really hard and I kind of err on the side of being respectful. Like I see other content creators like blasting their parents and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just couldn't imagine that because I have a good relationship. 
with them. So I do think it gets sticky, but yeah, we just take the lens of like, what are we going through as moms and as people and speaking from that angle? And then like you said, our content is just evolving as we go. We're like, okay, what is we, our last episode was about confidence. You know, so many women are reaching out, like, I don't feel confident in my motherhood. I don't feel confident in my career. How do you get confidence? So we're just kind of taking, taking an approach of like, what subjects haven't we visited that we're really interested in? I get so scattered and I will like think of something like that, like a topic and I'll just like write it down in a random place or put it in my notes app on my phone. And then like three months later, be like, Oh yeah, I was going to talk about this on the podcast and I haven't pitched anybody for that or had Emma pitch anybody. Um, how do you stay organized with that and like make sure it gets done? Well, we have a, we have a woman named Sarah that really helps us organize. So every month she, we do a pitch meeting. I'm in charge of it. So she comes with like 20 people and she pitches me them and it's, it's pretty quick. She'll be like, okay, Lindsay, four boys, here's her account. Here's what she talks about. And so we can go through it pretty fast. The thing we run into is we feel like it's actually easier to host an interview than it is to make your own podcast topic, like just a solo. So what, what we do is we get really busy and then we just keep popping in interviews and we don't do as many of just Abby and Amy. I think as women, we also grew in our confidence to be like, we were always kind of referring to an expert. And then as we were talking about before, we're like, wait, we have things to say too. We have the experience. So we need to be confident and have our own episodes. So that's actually something we're working on. Cause if you look at our last year, there's a lot of expert. There's a lot of interviews. Yeah, that's so tough. I um, one of the girls, I women, I recently had on Lauren Treslow. I loved her so much, and I was like, ah, I will. I would love to just do like a monthly episode with her where we just like riff about stuff, even if it doesn't have to be like a super specific topic. But having interviewed for so many years, I have found that like I oftentimes take the back seat and Ooh, do yeah, yeah a lot less talking and um, because I'm more comfortable that way. I'm like, oh, let them do the talking. Well, yeah. And when we have guests, like that was when we started our podcast, we we are avid podcast listeners. We listen to podcasts. We love podcasts. One thing that would we hated was when the host would interrupt so much or when she would like plug in her own story at every opportunity. So if you listen to our podcast, we never interrupt and it's we want to highlight the guest. So then where are our voices going to be heard? We have to be able to make our own. We have to prioritize making our own episodes. That is such a delicate balance. Yeah. Um, It's such a delicate balance because I run my shows with like, I'm doing the interview, but every once in a while I will insert a story. Absolutely. Because I think, I, I think my regular listeners, the people that are here every week, they know me. They want, Absolutely. you know, but you, it's very delicate because if you have someone listening for the first time, they're going to be like, oh, who's this girl? Like, I'm here for the guest. Why does she keep talking? You know? So yeah, it's an art. I think about it like I can hear podcast episodes where it's like a power struggle. Yeah. It's like who can get more stories and words in? 
And so as long as you're staying away from that, like, of course, we add our personal experience and our personal anecdotes. But I don't think every time she says something, you can come back with a story like that's what we wanted to stay away from. But yeah, that's where we're like, we know that our listeners want to hear from us. They love those episodes. Why yeah. aren't we doing them? Yeah. And if it, if they're not for people and people want the interview episodes, they can just skip those ones. Like yeah. or vice versa. A free versa. podcast. We're not doing any harm. <laughs> right. I know. We get in our heads where we're like, I'm like, but if they see that it all like, um, like the feed clogged up, will they stop listening? But it's like, no, they'll just be like, those aren't the ones I listen to. Yeah. Hey friends, go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay if you are looking for the best sleep of your life. Seriously, the pillows at Lagoon are simply amazing. The best pillows I have ever slept on in my entire life. I am not just saying that, y'all. These pillows are amazing. You want to dive in deep to restorative sleep? You take this two-minute quiz. It unearths your perfect pillow, so you slide effortlessly into deep, undisturbed sleep. Listen, the pillow is important. I also sleep with an eye mask and earplugs. I go all in. I have a little pillow castle all around my body when I sleep. Very important. But the pillow helps with your neck, your alignment. It, it's all good. I mean, seriously, best pillow ever. And you choose how full you want that stuffing to be in your pillow. They send you with extra stuffing so you can fill it up as little or much as you want. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay for 15% off your first purchase. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, okay, I want to talk about friendship. Mm. Yes. So I was just listening to this podcast before we got on and it was about friendship, like real mm -hmm. deep, meaningful friendships. And the host was talking to the guest who'd written a book on like relationships. And one of the, apparently one of the uh, chapters is about like save your vulnerability for real life stuff and don't put it all online. Mm -hmm. And I had like conflicting feelings about that because of course I want to like, I'm, I share the real stuff with my in-person relationships, but sometimes I'll write like a really in-depth, meaningful post on Instagram about something that was really hard that I want, went through. And then I'm done with it. Like I don't actually want to sit down and talk face to face for an hour with someone about it. I wanted to get it out off my chest and hopefully support someone else. But then I don't want to like, you know, obsessively talk about it. I'm curious how you balance that. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I mentioned on here, my parents getting divorced three years ago now. I didn't tell my community. I didn't tell my podcast for literally two and a half years. Wow. Um, and so that was just something where I was like, I feel like this is an open wound. <laughs> like, I feel like this isn't resolved. I'm not in the greatest place with it. I can't lead from vulnerability is so important, but not at the expense of like your mental health. Right. So for me, I was like, for that one, I just needed to get further along. It's it's the same like when we were younger going through a breakup. You need time. Like, And when you hear that, it's so annoying because you can't do anything about time passing. But I just needed time to go through that before I would share it. There's other stuff. Like we talk about our marriages a lot. Um but I would never like bash my husband. I feel like it's always coming from a place of like, is this helpful for the community? My husband comes on and is the most honest person. Like, I'm like, could you censor a little bit? <laughs> like, we're trying to be an aspirational marriage. 
Um, so he'll be like super honest and super vulnerable. I think that's actually the thing that is like the, the funniest feedback that I get is like, people will be like, do you think her husband's okay with this? Meanwhile, <laughs> my husband will literally say anything. Um, and if I do have a caption where I'm like, I feel like it's towing the line, I email it to him. Yeah. And, and I say, are you okay with this? Because my relationship is always going to be more important than the message for, for other people. So I do think there is definitely a, a place and a time to go through things before you share them. I think that's going to look different for everyone. I don't think there's a perfect recipe, but make sure that I, I was listening to a podcast recently. I forgot who said it, but they were just talking about the difference between an open wound and a scab. And like when you have a scab, that's a better time to share it. Cause then you've probably had time to reflect and think about what helped you get through it. If you just have a wound and it's currently really hard, is what you're sharing even going to be helpful to people? Maybe, so maybe not. So yeah, I think like it, when you're in these positions, you have to make sure that you're accounting for your own mental health and in a sense, protecting yourself from sharing something too soon. Yeah. No, it's totally true. I had uh, I had a hysterectomy in May, and I like knew it was on the calendar. Obviously, I had it. I had it scheduled for December. I canceled it because I was like freaking out. Yeah. Rescheduled it for May, and I wanted to share that I was doing that, but I was like, it was. I was so. It was so hard. It was yeah. so. I was so emotional about the whole process. Um, not because I was scared of surgery, but because I was. Um, you know. Yeah. Never having kids anymore. You know, that all that hormones, like, cause I got my ovaries out and everything. Um, and I didn't share about it until like the night before, because I was just like, I wanted to tell my community. Um, but I was scared to share it any sooner because I didn't want like all this input, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. I just, this is a done deal. This is happening. I don't want any opinions about it. Um, and I don't want to be constantly like if I, if I post about it and I see someone out and then like be asked about it, like I don't want to be talking about it all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, I think, yeah. I think it can go two ways. My co-host, her third baby was born with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. So at 20, 20 or 22 weeks, she knew that he or she was going to have Down syndrome. We shared that we recorded that episode probably three or four days after diagnosis. Wow. A very vulnerable episode. And we did it very intentional. I was like, you do not have to do this. Like you do, you absolutely don't have to do it. She felt like it, she wanted to, she wanted to share her heart. She wanted to share her fears. And that episode now the hospital that um, we both gave birth at, they give it to anyone that gets a diagnosis oh. because it's very real and honest. It wasn't, it wasn't the perspective of she's already been through it. It was a perspective of like, this just happened. I'm scared. Here's all my fears. Um, so I do think there's a time where it makes sense and it almost helps you to go through it. So true. Talk to me about friendship and doing all these things. Cause did you post too, that you bought a house with a friend? Yeah. Yeah. I, so that's, that's, that's dream. Yeah. So she's my, my co-host and the funniest part about it, we went to the same college, but we were not close. We were acquaintances. And then we moved to the same city after college and same thing, acquaintances. Like she used my wedding venue and my wedding singer 
And we had our first babies at the same time. So we went on a walk, but we were not close at all. Uh We decided to start this podcast together because we're very different. Like she's very type A. She's very, um, you know, she is always getting stuff done. She's more perfectionist. (laughs) And, and so we were like, this is cool because a lot of times when we heard podcasts with two people, they were kind of similar. And so we're like, Uh what's the point? So we're very different. Um, and then over the years, we were just, we got closer and closer. It's almost like a relationship where you go through so much life together. You know, we were around for both of our third babies. Like we're very open and honest about our marriages, everything. So we just got super close in a hurry. That's one thing we like to share with our community, because what we hear is that women have such trouble making friends, or they think, I want a friend like that. And we're like, listen, we basically became friends at 35 or something. Like it can happen. Um, It can happen for you. So yeah, we've just become super close. Our husbands are super close. And I think that's the coolest part about life. Like you can develop these deep friendships. Like, yes, I have friendships that have lasted decades, but like be open to someone coming in your life and you guys just have the same values and you're going to ride together. Do you live super close? Yeah. So she moved, um, she, she, they always wanted to kind of move into a different house. And so she moved into the town I live in and our kids go to the same daycare it's just like a whole thing. Like we're apps, but neither of us have family right here. Okay. So like, I think that's a huge difference is it is huge when you don't have family. It's hard. Like we're both, all four of us are working parents. We will like help each other in a pinch. We have another family. We do it with too. If you don't have family around, you have to like, I hear people like, where is the village? Is the village coming? It's like, no, it doesn't come. You make it. it. You You have have to to. make it. You can sit there your whole life and be a martyr, or you can say, I don't have family near. I have to make a village so that I can get through this. Yes. And I found, because we moved two years ago um, away from family, and I have found that like you have to be the initiator too. And if people do have family around, I will say it is a harder dynamic to get in with them. Mm. Like if some, like I'll give you an example. There's a girl here that I love. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be best friends. She's amazing. And she has like three siblings that live in the area. Her parents live like two miles down the street. So she's also really busy with that. Like you, you spend a lot of time with your family and she's never done anything to make me feel like I don't want to be friends with you. But you can just see when like certain people's lives feel a little more full in that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's been interesting for me. Like when I, the friends that I've met here whose families don't live nearby, I've become close with faster because right. they don't have that like to fall on. Right. We had a podcast interview with Marissa Franco who has written a book about friendships. And she says that like, there's a certain amount of time, like we all go out there thinking too, like we're instantly going to click and that can happen. It doesn't always happen. Like she, I think she says 150 hours spent with someone before you are like close, close friends. So that's another thing I say, my other really good friend that's in town, 
we didn't click automatically. Mm-hmm. Our husbands did. Like our husbands really liked each other, but I was like, oh, I don't know. It was nothing. <laughs> it was nothing off-putting. It was nothing. I, I just, she wasn't that open to me. Maybe yeah. I wasn't that open to her. I don't know. And now we're best friends. We like just went on vacation together. I just got back from vacation with her. So I think two people write people off so quickly. Yeah. And it's like, if you're going out there, you're trying to make mom friends. Moms have busy days. We're, you know, distracted. We're overwhelmed. Like give her a couple chances before you can make a good call. That's so true. The amount of hours. I I read that somewhere recently. The amount of, it was like the amount of hours for kids and and versus the amount of hours for adults that you need to form these real relationships. Um I think about that sometimes because sometimes I feel like um maybe I can come off as this I'm like putting this on myself, but like I'm like, do I come off as annoying on my Instagram when I'm like constantly showing all these people at my house and all these kids coming in in and out like but I worked so hard for that. And yeah. I don't mean I worked hard for that in a, in a, oh, like, oh, that was so difficult. But, like, I have made it a priority to make sure that mm-hmm. my door is open. And when we moved here, I, like, basically stood in the street, like, I'm looking for friends. <laughs> like, you know? Um, and I do the inviting. Still to this day, I was thinking about this the other day. I usually do the inviting. And it's because I have four kids and for someone to invite my family yeah. with four boys to their house, that feels like a lot. But for me, well, it is a lot. <laughs> like I have three boys. You know, like take lot. out an insurance policy before we come over because it's bananas. Things will yes might, might break. I'm just <laughs> telling you, like someone might sharpie on your wall, and yeah, I'm not proud of that, but it might happen. Um, so for me, it's actually so much easier. For me and for them, for me to just say, y'all just come over here. My house doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be perfect. My house doesn't have to be super clean. I like to keep it clean. But, you know, um, yeah. So, and I can't, and I need to not get offended about that. I need to not get offended that people aren't inviting me over, that I'm the inviter. That's okay. Well, it's interesting too, because one thing that we get a lot of feedback about, because we do talk about friendship. And Abby and I are both outgoing people. And so they're like, it's easy for you guys. You guys are outgoing, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I mean, I don't think I have always been outgoing. And it does make me uncomfortable to extend an invite and have someone over for dinner for the first time. It is uncomfortable. That's vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. So like, don't give yourself the out that like your personality type can't make friends. Uh, Dr. Marissa Franco, she said... One of like the biggest influence in your ability to make friends is believing that you're likable and like that you can. So, I mean, what does that say to women? Like you've made several references during this podcast kind of being like, oh, I wonder if people think this and this and this. And it's like we socially have kind of been taught these things. Mm -hmm. But if you want to make friends, you've got to believe that like I'm a good friend. People want to be around me. Like you have to, in a way really like, if not love yourself to be able to make friends. Hey everybody. Okay. Look, I am a running coach and I write training plans. I've got 5k half marathon and marathon training plans on my website at lindsayhine.com. The half marathon plans are all the way from beginner to advanced. There's four options and the marathon plans are from beginner to advanced as well. There's three options for that. I also have a 5k training plan, beginner, and then a beginner intermediate plan. Go check them out, lindsayhine.com. 
let's get running. Let's get in shape to run the best half marathon or marathon or 5k of our lives. LindsayHine.com. I will say one more thing. I'm super conservative with these plans. I don't go all out. And I wrote them with the intention that like, look, these people running these races are probably busy, possibly parents that have full lives. And if you need to take a day off, I am all for it. I this, I am not about having people just be a robot to a plan. So when you get the plan, you follow it and you hold yourself accountable, but you adjust as needed. Go to lindsayhine.com and click on the training plans tab. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Amy. Talk to me about working with friends though, because have you ever been scared? Like, oh, we're going to disagree about this or like, I don't know. Will it be too much working together and being best friends? Yeah, I I feel like early on, it was interesting because we were growing in our friendship as we were starting our business. And I think if you've started a business, you know that the beginning is really challenging and difficult. So we did have, I remember this one, I would call it a fight that we got into because we have very different roles, especially in the beginning of the business. She's more analytical. She's more the planner. I'm the networker. Like I went out and got all of our initial guests because they were in my network. Mm-hmm. I had a fairly sizable Instagram following before we started. So a lot of the initial downloads came from me and six years of work that I did to grow that following. Right. So sometimes you can feel underappreciated on both ends. So she felt a little bit underappreciated because she has to do all this work on her computer. And I felt underappreciated because I had worked so long. But the thing that we've been is just so honest with each other. And I think if you can find someone, everyone thinks they're good at taking feedback until you give them feedback. Oh, totally. Everyone, that's like a line. Everyone's like, yes, I I love feedback. Give me (laughs) feedback. And then you give them feedback and they're like defending every point. Abby and I both will sit there and just completely listen and take it. And that has been, I think it made us closer, quicker, because we could be honest. Like if some, even still today, like if something's bothering me, I will tell her and she'll do the same for me. And so I I love that in a friendship, if there can be honesty. So yeah, I own two businesses with friends and it's, it's gone really well. I don't think it's for everyone. And I don't think it's for people that like, A, if you can't take feedback, B, if you think that it's just going to go like perfectly and you're never going to have any problems. I, we related a lot to a marriage. Yeah. You go in with the best intentions, but life has happens. Stress happens. If you're both willing to work on things and work on your own side of the street, the chances that you're going to have a successful business partnership are much higher. I remember when I first went to, we went to a lawyer to get our operating agreement and he was very blunt. He's like, business partnerships dissolve at a higher rate than marriages, which marriages, it's still around 50%. So the chances that this won't end well are higher than a marriage. So I think people go into it very flippantly. They're like, oh, we have this great idea. Like, let's do it. It's like, it should almost be taken as seriously as a marriage. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Tell me about getting a house together though. I, 
I'm asking because I'd love to do this. I'm like, which family? Yeah. What makes sense? Also, like, I would love to buy a second house that for something like that. But I'm like, a lot easier if you split the house, yeah. you know, financially. Yeah. So it it's so funny because I saw this house on Facebook. My friend posted it. Her in-laws house was for sale. I like immediately fell in love with it because it had always been a dream to have a property on the water. And like, yeah. that was always my dream. And the first person I texted was Abby's husband. Oh, Abby's, interesting. Yeah, Abby's husband and I are more similar personalities of like, we're very excitable. Oh, we're very like, yes. he, like I knew I could get his buy-in. I actually didn't think about it that hard. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I need it. I need Colin first. But I knew he was looking at Lake House, like he was already looking for houses. So I send it to him and I said, let's buy this. And he says, yes. <laughs> and then I send it to my husband who did not reply <laughs> at all. Like he was in his work day. He hates when I do that. I'll just like send him a one-off. Yeah. I gave him no context. He's like, I'm never going to reply to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then so the other family, the Greens, they went and saw it first. I was like, you tell us. Like if, if it's not even in the question, we won't even go see it. But if you guys love it, maybe I can talk Drew into seeing it. They went, absolutely loved it. So I'm like, Drew, we always said in our marriage, if one of us was so serious about something, we would at least pay the respect to see it through. So I'm telling you, I think I really love this place. Will you please go look at it? And so the next day him and I looked at it and it was funny because he just like fell in love with it, which is like, he's such a calm person. Like he's hard to get a rise out of. So he, we got back in the car. We went to this store. He's like, let me do some research. A half hour later, he's like, okay, I don't think this is a bad idea because both, both couples are like, okay, let's be really smart. We could easily resell it and we're getting it. We yeah. felt like we were getting a really good price. Yeah. So then we drive to their house and all four of us are talking while our six kids and their puppy are running around oh, trying bad. to make this huge life decision. And so we were like, yeah, we're all in. So it, it happened like that. And then, but to my point before, it's like, we took everything very seriously. Like we used my lawyer to write up like what would happen if one couple died what would yeah. happen if one couple wanted to get out of it what yeah. would happen if one person died what would happen like that's the way that you um, that you should in my opinion think about life because if you have the conversations up front of everything bad that could happen you have a game plan we had it written down. So it's like, it's one of those things like don't go into it lightly just because you get along with a couple super well, like make sure that you do your homework. I would, I would get a lawyer and like get all that settled. So yeah, everything's 50, 50, which is so great because the cost was 50%. If right. anything goes, the chimney needed to be fixed. That's 50%. Like it is, it's not a bad a model if you have the right front. Do you guys VRBO it when you're not there? So we haven't yet, but we do have the intention of doing that. We set okay. up an LLC and we're going to do that. But it's 
it was built in, I think, 74 or 84. So there was a lot of improvements that we had to make safety-wise. Like they yeah, just yeah, did yeah. not have the same rules back then. So yeah. and Colin is in um, insurance, so he's like a super stickler. So yeah. yeah, we have to make some improvements. But the first summer, we're like, let's just enjoy it. Like, let's go there as much as we can and just love on it. I love it. You, when you were explaining that, I was like, oh, this is so me and my husband because <laughs> I am also, are, do you know what your Enneagram is? I think it's a eight Okay. Or seven. I don't okay. know. Well, seven is the very excitable one. Okay. So maybe. Probably seven. Um, I am also very excitable and also like, I was just, I'm trying to learn more about ADD too because I, another podcast I want to record. Okay. Yes. But because I feel like that term is thrown around so much lately, but I'm like, there's like this spectrum, right? right. Of like, like, does anybody totally not have ADD? You know what I mean? Uh, but my husband's here. I'm probably here. And then like, you know, the far end over here of like extremely like life interrupting ADD, right? So anyway, I'm trying to learn all these things. But one of the things that I learned, I'm reading this book called um, Scattered Minds and is that the ADD brain gets very excitable about things and wants them now. And so when you were saying that, I was like, that is so me. Like if I see a beach house, I'm like, I want a text to my husband. I'm like, I want a response immediately. I want him to be like, yeah. let's go, let's go drive two hours and go look at this house right now. You know? Um, so I found that very interesting that that is a, um, characteristic of, of that. I'm not saying I have ADD. I'm just, I'm just learning. Well, it's it. funny because my, one of my employees and I are like, I, I think I definitely have it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know it's become more, well, it's interesting because it's like, well, people are learning more about it. So of course people are going to get more diagnosed, right. but a lot of women. Yeah. Cause they could, could, you know, they can get through life. So it's not like it's debilitating to them, but my friend, mommy labor nurse on Instagram. She's got a huge account. She got diagnosed. She was like us. She's like, I'm just a little bit. I feel like I have a lot of tabs open. I'm always like excited. I'm doing this. She did get on medication for it. She got diagnosed and she was like, it's life changing. So oh, like, it's kind of crazy. Cause like, what if this could be so much better and I'm just not doing anything about it. I know. I've thought about that so much and I like hate taking medicine. I do take some anxiety medicine, but, um, I also was also in the book, this was interesting. Um, and then through another podcast I was listening to like, um, adolescent boys, like preteen boys are taken to therapy for this kind of stuff way more than girls are because, um, a lot of times ADD and anxiety in boys looks like anger yeah, and being really physical and throwing things. And with girls, it looks a lot different. So the parents take the boys because they're like, this Help is me. scary. Yeah. 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 Um, and just girls are, t- so that's why, and you maybe already know this, but that's why women our age are like finding this out because we weren't taken because ours was like manifested in other ways. It was almost like probably helpful, you know, Yeah. talk to a woman that has anxiety and you'll talk to someone that got a lot done in high school, you know, it's just like, it's almost celebrated. Yeah. So anyway, this book is really interesting though, but yeah, everything you're saying, I'm like, okay, Yeah. I'm overly, (laughs) I'm like, if my husband was like, Hey, 
I'm going to take two days off. Do you want to go to Florida tomorrow? I'd be like, yep, let's do it. Absolutely. And if it were me that said that, my husband would be like, what are you talking about? No. You know, like I have meetings, like the kids have school, but I'm like, no, YOLO, let's do it. Um, okay, Amy, let's wrap up here with into podcast questions. Um, what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, I feel like I need to take more risks, like try to get on. Like I, I look at podcasts like um, We Can Do Hard Things. Mm-hmm. And like, I could never, like, how could I be a guest on that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually, how couldn't you? So I do want to just get out there more and take a few more risks and not like downplay my potential. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. And then what is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, I've been reading actually a lot for, um, a lot for pleasure. So I went through a phase where I was only reading self-help books. Like I literally read all of them. I'm pulling up my Kindle right now because <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, catch me in 2010. I know every single self-help book. <laughs> so I really felt like I need to enjoy yeah. reading. Um, so I wanted The Perfect Marriage. I thought that that was really good. Uh, it's it's not self-helpy. It's like twisty and and wild, but I really enjoyed that. No, I read that. Who's Did you? The, yeah, but I'm now I'm trying to remember the storyline. What? Who's the author? Um, it is Rose. Yeah, I've read that. I can't remember when, but yeah, it's in, yeah, it's in my Goodreads. Um, I love reading for pleasure too. It's so much more fun. I mean, I pod I listen to podcasts so much that when I read, I'm like, I feel like I can just enjoy. So that summer slide I was talking about, I just read for pleasure so much and I loved it. Yeah, it's good. Um, do you have a trip or a place you visited with your kids that you'd like to share? We went to uh, we went to Puerto Rico because the best friend I was talking about that I met. Um, the one we didn't hit it off right away. Uh-huh. She is from Puerto Rico. So she Fine. took us and we met all of her family and it was very, like, it was like a cultural experience. So that was the first time we ever flew with the boys because oh. we, Drew and I always prioritized like going on vacation, just the two of us when yeah. the kids were young. Cause we, we just really feel strongly like our marriage really matters to the family. And it was basically the only time because we had our kids really close in age where we could be completely off duty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have not traveled with our kids that much, but we don't regret it. We're like, we've, and then the trip we went on, like they nailed that because they yeah. were at the age where they could, no one was napping anymore. Everyone could do it. I know. I'm like, I love those people that are like, travel with your kids, even when they're little. And I'm like, unless you don't want to, because it's not that fun. Yeah. If you want to, that's great. Yeah. If you're like us and you don't want to, that's also great. Yeah. I think the first time we did a real trip, my youngest was two. So he was pretty young, but he was like a four-year-old, two-year-old. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. when it's your fourth, it's like, yeah. it's not like your first two-year-old. Right, right. Uh, but we waited too because it was just like, this is miserable. Like it's just not even fun for us to take everybody. Uh, what is your last message to leave with the audience? Talking about something we talked about during this podcast, if you don't have that friend where you feel like you could go to her with literally anything and be so honest, and you don't have any walls up, there's still time to make that friend. 
and like you'll know it when you find her. Maybe you have a couple. It's such a great part of life. And when I had really little kids, like a lot of people, I just didn't prioritize friendships. I thought it was kind of optional. I feel like like I, I could just check out for a couple years. Now that I'm a little bit older, I realize like it's such a life enhancing part of life. Don't consider them optional. Like we're very social creatures. You want to have a few people that you can be your true self with. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here today, everybody. Thanks, Amy, for coming on the podcast. You all can follow Amy on Instagram. She's Ames Kiefer over there. Definitely check out the Herself podcast. If you're into this podcast, I bet you'll be into that one as well. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hines 626 on Instagram. Learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network. Learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next week.